American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Andrew Adkins over Zoom video. Andrew tells us about growing up in Ohio and how he got into music. He talks about moving to Nashville to pursue his dream and his brand new record, The Echoist. You can watch our interview with Andrew Adkins on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Andrew Adkins. Cool. Well, our podcast is on your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Okay. Very cool. Cool, cool. Uh, where Are you in LA? No, I'm in Nashville, actually. Oh, dope. We're moving to Nashville in like two weeks. No kidding. Yeah. What part of Nashville wow. are you in? Uh, East Nashville. Okay. Right on. We're moving like yeah. south uh, south uh, to like right around Franklin Thompson Station. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man. What's making, what's bringing you here? Just everything music wise. I mean, we're in yeah. San Diego and I just feel like there's, n- we just need a, we need a change of scenery. And I talked to so mm. many people that are in Nashville, man. It's like, oh like, man. I feel like all of California is eventually going to end up here. It's just because it's the thing is, it's like I've always compared Nashville to like a miniature Los Angeles. Really? And yeah, it's, I mean, at least that's how it's ending up. You know, it's turning, it's, I mean, last 10 years is astronomical of how it changed. But um, uh, yeah, the thing is, it's just a lot cheaper. Here's the deal you're not going to get an ocean, <laughs> but it's going to yeah. be that much cheaper to live, you know? Right, so, exactly. Kind of, exactly. Uh, you know, give and take. But that's yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll dig it, man. Yeah. We're really excited. Yeah, we'll be down there. The, the we're gonna build uh, a studio and stuff in the house. So once everything's opened up again, we can do this in person. Oh, that's awesome, man! Well, yeah. definitely, let's keep in touch. Yeah, when you, when, you know, yeah. when you get here. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Um, cool. So, uh, you're in Nashville. Are you? Were you from Nashville originally? You're like, where, tell me where you were born and raised. I was born and raised in Ohio, in a town called Defiance. Um, oh, really? Little, yeah, it's a little south of Toledo. Okay. Uh, it's okay. actually it's the my town that I was born in was actually it's been in like some there's been a couple movies. I think there's like, a band called Defiance Ohio. <laughs> yeah, there actually is, which is funny. I actually talked to their lead singer because I thought you know he might have been from that area too. I, right. I ran into him once, and and he had it, it's actually has nothing to do with with living there that town yeah it's just weird like, he's like yeah i've heard of that place but That's i can't funny. remember what specifically his band's the, the name's based off of but yeah so there's been like a, a woody harrelson movie was filmed there and, and um, that's cool place there so how far yeah, is just, that from like cleveland because i have my family is originally from cleveland i wasn't born and raised in cleveland oh, but my uncles and aunts t- and stuff probably a couple hours uh west oh, okay of cleveland. Yeah. right on right on that's awesome. So tell me about how was Defiance, Ohio? Like, did was there a music scene there? Like, tell me about that. No. I mean, it was just like, I guess, like any typical small town, there might have been a handful of bands. <clears throat> and it was one of the, it was literally like one of those cases, like you've always, it's a cliche, but you've always heard of it. I'm sure when you're like kind of a big fish in a small pond and then you come mm-hmm. to a place like Nashville and you're just like a minute little minnow, right. you know, in an ocean. Sure. Um, but, but yeah so it was, it was huge i must say that when i was in ohio i i, I tended to be a, a bit cocky because mm-hmm. i was like yeah man this is because here's the thing when i got out of high school i was making like i think 230 dollars every weekend like for two nights because i was playing with this with these older guys who were kind of like my mentors 
Mm-hmm. And so they were sneaking me into the into bars at like 17 years old. <laughs> and I was making like 230 bucks for a couple nights gig. And like my buddies were like busting tables and, you know, like working at McDonald's and stuff and making like, you know, nothing. nothing. Yeah. And I was just like, that, so to me, I was like, this is my life. You know, this is how, this is how it's going to be till I die. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea there was more to life than playing cover bands at a, you know, at a really crappy bar but yeah i just at the time i thought yeah this is great but then when i came to nashville i was just like okay <laughs> i'm starting over i'm you know yeah, I, I feel yeah, like because yeah. it's one of those things in nashville too it's like you throw a stone and you hit like 20 guitar players that are like so much more amazing than you and songwriters that are so astronomical i mean there's guys that live in the streets that are you know have more talent in their finger than most people you'll ever meet so <laughs> it's just a crazy scene here man i think i think you're gonna dig it we're really, yeah, we're really excited. That's awesome. Um, well, t- so that band you were in at home, that was a cover band, the, the ones that would play on yeah. the weekends? Okay. Yeah. Then how did you get into music? I mean, yeah, originally, were, was your family a musical family, or how did you get into music? Yeah, well, my my dad kind of tinkered around with the guitar, so he had like a couple of guitars around the house as growing up, you know, so I, I was always intrigued by that. <clears throat> and so my dad was a big bluegrass fan, because he's from Eastern Kentucky. Okay. And, um, my mother from uh, South Texas, so she had a big country music sort of was in her DNA. And uh, so, yeah, sure. when I was growing up, man, it was constantly like country music, classic country music, like Waylon Jennings and, uh, and Johnny Cash and mm. Merle Haggard. And my dad would have like Bill Monroe and uh, all these classic Stanley Brothers. And then they would get together and they would bring, you know, Janis Joplin, CCR records. So it's like, I had so much music going on around me. And of course, as I got older, I rebelled because, you know, none of that stuff was cool. Right. And so I got really deep into like, you know, hard rock and metal and, and, um, you know, just, just, just trying to, but I mean, now it's like, I, I love it all, you know, looking back on, it, especially being a Nashville, I was surprised how much the country thing really is influenced. I mean, you don't necessarily need to be a country fan. I think the city itself inspires you. And whatever's right. going on I mean, in the city is what inspires all those great country songs from all the way back to Hank Williams forward. But uh, I say those are like the the you know pioneers of of all the songwriting and everything too. Right? Oh yeah, my I, I lived in a place down here. Uh, I'm in East Nashville now, but I lived in a other my first spot in East Nashville. I lived there for about ten years, and uh, there's like two or three houses down from me, and you would it was so unassuming. It was just a little. I think they rent it out monthly now but just a small little two bedroom cottage style home a couple doors down from me where a lot of the classes Patsy Klein songs were written and people wow. like Roger. Yeah. It's like this little house, people like Roger Miller, uh, Harlan Howard and uh, Nelson they, and Patsy, of course, they used to hang out there, have beers and write songs. So stuff like that happens everywhere around there. That's what I'm saying. Like every little house, there's stories like there's a house about a mile or two down the road from where I live now. Uh, Linda Ronstadt used to record vocals in some dude's shower, you know, so there's history <laughs> all over the place around here. It's nuts. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So you, guitar was the first instrument you learned then? Definitely. Yeah. I fell in love with that. I mean, that's definitely the love of my life. I, that's what got me into music in general. Um, and I had an aunt that played guitar and I, I kind of reluctantly started taking guitar lessons just because my parents were, you know, want me to get into it and I guess pursue something like that. Mm-hmm. So I started taking guitar lessons and, uh, <clears throat> but it was against my will sort of, I mean, I dug it, but I wanted to like play, I wanted to be, you know, Bruce Springsteen or Eddie Van Halen. Right. And this guy was making me play like, you know, all these 
scales yellow, and crap. yeah that and yellow rose of texas and like all these cowboy songs from like the you know there's just the you know campfire songs and i was like man this is so boring so i never i never practiced so my parents were like if you don't start practicing we're taking you out and i was like good i don't want to play anyway yeah so my yeah. aunt left me a guitar she passed and she left me a guitar and i was just like bored and i remembered i had the guitar in a case under my bed and i got it out and this was like a year or two after my aunt had passed and she had like a little note she left me in the guitar case mm -hmm. saying you know this is my guitar i want you to have it and it'd be so cool if we had somebody in our family that could play guitar eventually maybe even write a song with it mm -hmm. and that changed my life I, I found that note i picked up that guitar and i've not put it down ever since wow that's that's crazy so how old were you when you actually started writing songs oh gosh i mean i i don't know if you would call it writing songs i mean i i wrote songs when i was like probably in my teens mm -hmm. um but they were obviously horrible i mean i'm still learning right now how to write songs but um i guess it was probably late teens when i started kind of sort of throwing my my idea of what it was to write a song into the hat but I, you know, I, I think that it's ever going, man. I think it's mean or something. Like, I don't know. I guess I hope I never get to the point where like, yeah, I'm, I know how to write a song because I'm, I'm still figuring it out, you know, but sure. I, you know, and honestly, it wasn't probably for the last five years where I felt like confident in a song. I could write a song and be confident in it. Oh, wow. So yeah. not that. Yeah. Pretty recently then I mean, <laughs> pretty five much. years. I mean, not that, yeah. recently, but I guess, well, wow. I, Within the last decade, for sure. Yeah. You know? um, well, but like I said, I, I write things. Heck, last night or the night before last, I wrote a song. And I was like, this is amazing. And then I woke up the next day. And I'm like, this is horrible. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, I'm still going through that. I, and I think we all do probably, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Well, um, you said you were in that cover band. Were you writing songs prior to being the cover band? Were you like in a band with your peers at school or anything like that? Or was it, how'd you get into the cover band? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I, um, just uh kind of an i think it was like an ad in the paper or something no it was added a guitar store a local guitar store i answered um but yeah i did i did the whole high school band thing which is fun how is um but it all covers and i think at the time if i was right i'm sorry what was it sorry you stopped for a second so i wanted to make oh no i was just gonna say as far as writing songs back then i think it, they were more instead of original they were more elaborate ripoffs of songs that I had been playing in the cover band, you know, so, mm -hmm. you know, just, I think that's, I think a lot of songwriters though go through that. Um, they kind of start out emulating before they're actually being original and creating, you know? Uh, sure. And I still see a lot of that. Like there's some great artists that I know personally, I would never drop the names, but <laughs> they make, they make great Bruce Springsteen music. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, they, right. make, they make great Allman Brothers songs. But I, you're still looking for them. And I think they're still searching for their voice, too. So mm -hmm. I think you got to go through that before you can get a solid identity as a songwriter. You're just kind of finding a way. So, yeah, it took me years of just writing Beatle ripoff songs and <laughs> trying to sound like Eddie Van Halen or whatever. <laughs> sure, sure. That's cool. Well, then what? So did Nashville. Why Nashville? Is it just because you were like, I need to get to another town that has a bunch of music in it? And yeah, Toledo that played a part of it. Or yeah, Defiance. that played a part of it for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. Well, I live actually south of Nashville in Smyrna, a little, little town about 20 minutes south of Nashville. And uh, 
I came to visit him <clears throat> and you know, of course at the time I was just like everybody I was like oh what's country music I'm not gonna fit in there it's just nothing but country right 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 that's how I would and I spent about feel a, right I spent away about a you week know here yeah everybody does and it's so crazy because once you get here and start to see which is what I did I, I even back then that was a different time back then but even more now but I was like man this is this is really cool um you know and it's one of those things like you can go anywhere in town and listen to six bands you know what I mean or at least pre-COVID obviously my wife and I flew out a couple weeks ago to you know check out where we're gonna live and stuff and yeah. like right when you get off the plane it's like there was a guy playing in one of the bars in the airport. Like yeah. right away. I'm like, I've never seen a live guy like playing or, you know, a live person oh, performing in an airport like that before at just like one of their restaurants. It was yeah, like blew my that- mind. <laughs> so, it's never, ever. Yeah. You're never going to see, I mean, for once, this is a funny story. A few years ago, I don't think it's, it, I think it stopped, but uh, a few years ago there was a McDonald's. In, in the west part of town that had live music like you walk into a mcdonald's there'd be three singer songwriters up there taking turns performing. that's cool <laughs> i mean so <laughs> yeah so yeah man you see some weird things in the most unexpected places around here sure sure how funny so once you get to nashville like um tell me about working on your first record to become more immortal and then die was that done when you had got to nashville no that i that was made probably uh, a dozen years after I'd been here that was you know that was the first kind of outing as myself whereas everything else had been with bands oh, okay um, so you're in bands in Nashville for a while prior to doing a solo yeah, record yeah 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 probably for 10 years or so this is a decade I was in different bands I was in a band called Mellow Down Easy um and uh we had we were signed for a while with uh, dual tone records which is oh wow here. yeah and then after that um I was in a band called Lions for Real, which that was probably, that was, I wasn't singing. I was just playing guitar and I wrote a lot of, helped write a lot of the songs and we had a little run. And then after that is when To Be Immortal came out. And, uh, but that was one of those albums where I was just like, I don't know. I was just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what stuck, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I kind of have, since then I've, that's kind of been my approach into making records and making songs I don't really I don't necessarily go in with a destination so to speak mm-hmm. as far as I know a lot of people have like well this song's going to be rock this song's going to you know or sure. this song's going to sure. be you know have a this kind of feel to it um which I think is a blessing and a curse because the curse being is like nobody knows how to put me in a box to market me so <laughs> I've I've kind of got under the skin of a lot of record label people because they don't know what to do with me mm-hmm. um but the cool thing about that is I I like that because I love and I am inspired by everything, like literally like world music to hip hop to metal, whatever. I love mm-hmm. it all. And uh, I don't know. I don't ever want to kind of get to that point where it's like, oh, he sounds like this all the time or whatever. Right, so I right. think when I made To Become Immortal and Die, I just wanted to kind of say, this is what I sound like, love me or hate me. <laughs> and who knows what I'm going to sound like on the next record. So I, I kind of want to keep that open-ended sort of... Uh, vibe with my sound so that was my first attempt at it and i hope it started something cool right on well so after you put that record out did you tour on the album or yes how did that work yeah uh, that was actually the last obviously the last kind of major scale tour i did which is weird because i did the tour for that album uh 
and I intentionally set aside the next year, which was uh, 2019. This was the end of 2018 when I was having this whole mental thing in my head. I'm thinking, okay, I had a great tour, which was a great tour for the for the album. But I thought to myself, 2019 is coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a new record. I'm going to dig down deep. I'm going to take the year off the road of 2019. <laughs> um, so I did it and I made, which is now what became the Echoist, Echoist that I put out yeah. a couple months ago. Uh, and I did that. And then November of 2019, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to get back on the road. I played one show in December of 2019. And that was the last show. I oh my gosh. Played. Yeah. And then so- the pandemic hit us a couple months later and here we are. So you played that show and then you were what, looking to pl- get, you know, out, out on the road again. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And I started already. Stopped. Yeah, I started already talking to booking agents and about 2020. And I remember for the longest time, I think for like most of December, I was telling friends and associates, like business people and agents, I'm like, I got such a positive vibe about 2020. I think it's going to be a magical year. <laughs> Everybody <And> did. <laughs> yeah. I don't I think it was just because the presentation 2020 it just looked cool yeah. and it sounded like you know new cool decade right sure yeah yeah and uh yeah little i mean obviously that's the most biggest understatement of the year little did we know but man i mean this one thing to have one thing where you're kind of like you're in the music industry and everybody else keeps going but right. it's one thing when it's like literally the entire world stops you know every everybody industry. and yeah. uh yes and we're still you know we're still in the thick of it and who knows how long this is gonna take us or yeah i know they said that there was talk of maybe uh, the music industry kind of getting back on track later this year, but I'm just now hearing about like uh, Coachella and a lot of the festivals are canceling for the summer again. Mm-hmm. So, um, Oh, yeah, they I are mean, canceling next already for next yeah, year. Yeah. I heard it a couple of days ago and what that's actually what blew my mind in the beginning. I remember last year when a friend of mine came up to me and he was like, did you hear South by Southwest is canceled? And I, of course I thought he was joking mm-hmm. and uh, lo and behold, you know, so, so it's coming up again, so it sounds to me like that. If Coachella's canceled, I would imagine South by Southwest is probably oh, yeah. canceled as well. You know, so. I think I've heard like uh, I was just talking to somebody right before you uh, about this too. It was like October is when they're hopefully gonna let shows happen, but probably not to the scale. I mean, obviously mm. to the scale of Coachella, it's like what two hundred thousand people or something. Oh, like yeah. it's like a hundred thousand. I think it's ninety thousand a day or something like that, and that's three days. Yeah, it's so. like yeah, it's stretched out a little bit. Um, and yeah, and then Bonnaroo too. You know, that's the, that's the big thing we have here uh, mm-hmm. in Tennessee. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's probably going to be if if they do anything, it might be like you know the crowd size might be dwindled down to who knows how many. But mm-hmm. I did. I've heard all kinds of things from like you know like bubbles, not like actual like flaming lips bubbles, but like you know kind of like a private, <laughs> privacy <lips> bubbles. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like privacy sort of boxes that you can sit, sit in with your family or your friends or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, that all sounds cool, but it also sounds really pricey and expensive. So, so right. I know that there's there's some venues here in town already, smaller bars that back before COVID, they would never charge cover. But now what they're doing is they're like 25 seat capacity, $15 a head. Oh, Wow. Or ten dollars yeah. a head, you know. So mm-hmm. it's weird that those those and you know, and you're like, wow, fifteen dollars. But then again, you think, well, I haven't saw a live band in a year. Right, <laughs> right. Know? Fifteen dollars isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, think of all that money you saved not seeing that band. But uh, sure. But yeah, man, it's who knows. We're still kind of figuring all this out. 
That's yeah. It's definitely a wild, a, a wild situation we're all in. Um, yeah. With that, with the echo, I that was so you wrote the whole record. It was done. Come mm-hmm. beginning of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. I kind of actually had a different version of the album back then. Uh, a year oh, interesting. Ago, right now, yeah. So you actually, were able to like years- revamp it like over the course of the twenty twenty. Yeah, well, that's kind of, it was kind of funny because the two singles that came out first were songs that were made in 2020. Because um, I was telling somebody not long ago, I think it's it's one of those things like being a songwriter, which I, I don't know if you can relate or not, but it's just like, it's hard, <laughs> at least it is for me, it's hard to keep my mouth shut, you know, like <laughs> when it comes to things like social causes and things that are going on in the news or whatever. Right, so, right. Um, so, yeah, so as we went into 2020, my thing is I was going to release the album in the summer. And obviously that didn't happen. I had to put it off till November, but uh, as soon as the lockdown happened, because in Nashville, we went through tornadoes. We had a really bad tornado uh, about two weeks before the COVID. I know you, it's been rough there. I mean, you had that and then, uh, you know, COVID and then the bombing, which I hope you were, you, I don't know how close you were to that, but I hope. Yeah. I'm I'm about four miles from that location. Um, Thankfully though, I wasn't actually, because it was Christmas. I wasn't home. I was in, uh, I have parents that live, uh, well, no, I actually have parents that live a little north of here now. They moved here since. Um, so I was at their house, but I had my neighbors telling me that they felt and they could physically feel that's the shape. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that was crazy too. So yeah, it's been a weird year. Um, but yeah, so I just, uh, I just remember getting to the, at the beginning of the pandemic and then right when that happened, you know, the whole, the civil unrest hit, you know, the black lives matter protest and then Mm-hmm. obviously covid so there's so much going on so it's just like me being me i just can't sit and watch television and say nothing mm-hmm. so i went back and i wrote a couple songs kind of inspired by everything and uh so i was like well i gotta put these on the album because i've mm-hmm. never one been i've never been which i admire people who can but i've never been one of those kind of political um protest singer songwriter things sure which is great I'm, i admire the people that can do that but like when i wrote these songs i'm like wow this is kind of like that <laughs> you know it's kind of like my attempt at doing that and uh so i put the songs out and sort of in my attempt to be topical i suppose mm-hmm. because i seldom am ever a topical songwriter so i went back and re- reshuffled the album added these two songs took away a couple other songs so yeah who knows what's going to happen to all the extra tracks but um yeah i ended up coming down to eight songs to where the album flowed a little cool and seemed to be uh you know uh, encompass those two new songs. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then have you been working on, uh, aside from that, have you been working on anything else coming up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the midst right now. I've probably been writing, uh, probably since, uh, around Christmas and, uh, I'm upwards of about 20 or so new ideas. I'm kind of in the studio with right now. So I do have an album that's actually done, but I'm not sure what's going to happen because it's kind of a weird album it's kind of like there's a lot of instrumentals on it and it's not one of those albums i'm going to release and it's just going to be like you know skyrocketing to the top of fame and you know (laughs) blow the world you never know it's just one of the artsy albums that i'm not sure anybody will get you know so yeah i'm going to kind of set that on the shelf for a minute and i'm working on some new stuff so we'll see i'd like to have something out maybe by the end of the year if anything maybe an ep or a couple singles you know awesome that's really awesome well, dude, thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, thank you for having me. It's great. Yeah, I have one more question for you before I let you go. Mm-hmm. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. 
um try to find something else no i'm kidding no i'm just joking <laughs> um no uh i don't i i think the biggest thing is listen to everybody even if it's crazy listen to what everybody has to say people that's came before you so to speak listen to what they say take advice and have thick skin that's probably the biggest thing because the thing is here's the thing i always look at this you know not everybody in the world loves Elvis. Not everybody in the world loves the Beatles. But there's some people that could probably argue against that. You know, I mean, like, well, right. they did pretty well. So <laughs> just because somebody doesn't dig you or like you doesn't mean that your career is useless or <laughs> it's over for you out of the gate. So you just have to go with that, man. You're always just know that your music's never going to everybody. Um, but if you can connect with a handful of people, then mission accomplished. So. Pave your own path and have thick skin. That's probably two things.